The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power in captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Kate Constable here with you. Time now to talk about college football. We actually have games starting in about an hour. TCU, Oklahoma, Miami, Boston College. But, of course, the coup de grace, the entree of the morning schedule, Iowa and Nebraska with a total of 24.5 on BetMGM. How excited are you here, Kate? And it doesn't get any more thrilling than that. An Iowa-Nebraska rivalry game. Iowa on the road. We've got an insane total, 24 and a half. We're gonna, it's going to be just field goal central this whole game. I'm not sure either team is going to find the end zone. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to sit in the couch and watch the entire thing, too. And I'm probably going to bet the under in it. That is, uh, there that's you go. Bad. Very nice. Very nice. Joining us now to talk about that and so much more is sports handicapper Matt Joseph of FTN. You can follow him on X at mid-major Matt. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Are you also going to bet the under between Iowa and Nebraska? Uh, I don't think I'm sadistic enough to do that, but I'm certainly not betting the over. It's funny. I see some people on Twitter. They're like, oh, this thing's got to go over. And it's the same thing they said last week, the same thing they said two weeks ago, the same thing they said three weeks ago. And guess what? It kept going under. Of course. Yeah, that, that nine is straight works. weeks or nine weeks. Here, here's a stat for you. This is from Matt Fortuna. He tweets this out all the time. Nine Iowa games with over-unders of 35 or lower since the start of 22, nine for nine to the under. So you're right, Matt. Everyone wants to take the over, but they all just keep going under. Very good. Very good. Uh, well, let's let's talk about uh, some of the other games uh, that you like here. Um, as far as uh, something that's happening on Friday, uh, I mentioned Miami and Boston College. Uh, what's a play that you like in that game? So, I mean, this one's pretty simple to me, and it's one of those things where this is a game that Miami never shows up for in the past. You look at the past couple of years when Miami has those goals that they always set. They're like, all right, ACC championship, national championship. We're going to buy the best assistants, buy the best players. We're going to have the best team. And then they fall short in a game like this. 
heading up the Chestnut Hill where it's going to be cold, it's going to be miserable, there's going to be drunk Bostonians screaming things at you. They never show up in this game. So I'm taking Boston College plus the 10 here. I, I think that this is one of those things where Boston College is excited to get Miami on their campus. Um, I, I, I just want to see Miami show up in this situation. I, I, that's the only reason why I'm betting Boston College. It's not like they're good. But heading north to where it's cold after Thanksgiving, I just don't think Miami shows up for this one. What about uh, Toledo Central Michigan? Because Toledo's laying a big number. They're minus 10. But a lot of these games this week, teams are going to be fighting for bowl eligibility. And Central Michigan is one of those teams sitting at five wins on the season. One more gets them into a bowl game. How are you looking at this one? Yeah, this one, and this week I'm going to say it's very easy in quotes in terms of just trying to find motivation and just trying to navigate your way through. If there's games that don't have either team making a bowl, like I'm going to leave it alone. I don't want to try and guess what those kids are motivated by. I don't want to guess if they're going to show up or anything like that. This is your classic case of Toledo's got everything locked up. They're going to, they're making the MAC title game. Um, they don't have a chance to be the New Year's Six group of five team, so it's not like they need to keep their starters in there. And you just go back to last year in this exact same situation. Toledo was an eight-point favorite at Western Michigan. They lost the game straight up 20-14. to 14. Daquan Finn played like the first quarter and that was it. You've got Central Michigan. Jim McElwain, really good head coach. You've got a Central Michigan team at home that should be really excited to get Toledo. I think it's, you know, the Chippewas here plus the 10. Uh, motivation will be on their side. They have the better coach, arguably. And uh, I just think Toledo's going to sit their starters after maybe getting them a quarter uh, of action. Of course, uh, everybody is talking about the game. We've got Ohio State and Michigan uh, on BetMGM. We've got Michigan as three-and-a-half-point favorites with a total of 46-and-a-half. Lots of interesting storylines as far as this one is concerned. Of course, Jim Harbaugh not being on the sideline. But then you're also wondering, okay, has Michigan had a rigorous enough schedule to where we can trust the data uh, that we have to rely upon as far as uh, – figuring out what Michigan's going to do in this game. Uh, Anything you like as far as uh, bets in Ohio State-Michigan? Well, it's funny because you could say the same thing for Ohio State. Both of these teams have played well. Ohio State had a three-game schedule because they played Notre Dame and Penn State. And Michigan had a two-game schedule because they played Penn State, and now they're playing Ohio State. So, yeah, both both these teams have a lot of great numbers, but I think some of them are false numbers. We'll find out how good Ohio State's defense is. Jim Knowles did such a good job with Oklahoma State, and now he's doing a really good job at Ohio State. But as you just mentioned, they've played nobody. The one thing I'm kind of looking at here, and we've seen a lot of high-scoring games the past couple of years, between these two teams I don't think that's going to be the case this year so I'm looking at the uh, first half under 22 and a half Ohio State's the number one first half defense allowing 4.4 points per game overall three points per uh, first half on the road Michigan is number two at five points per first half allowed 4.3 at home I think we get we get a feeling out process I think they you know there's gonna be a lot of three and outs early on I don't think anybody's gonna really expose their playbook I think we get a slow start to this one so give me the first half under as both teams kind of just feel each other out early on to see where the uh, the weaknesses may lie I actually really like that play. I may have to join you on that. It is crazy that this total is, is so much lower than what we've seen from these two teams in recent years, but just kind of goes to show, you know, at least quarterback play for Ohio State maybe a little um, downgraded from Stroud last year, so maybe scoring's at a minimum. Uh, Matt, you have a play in Virginia and Virginia Tech. Uh, Virginia, the Hokies, kind of the Hokies, the, the Cavaliers, right? That's Virginia. Uh Three and eight on the season. They're not playing for much. Virginia Tech sitting at five wins. 
looking to get a six. I would imagine you're leaning towards the Hokies with the motivation. I actually am not. I'm leaning towards the Cavaliers in this one because you look at UVA down the stretch, they're actually playing really good football. And while I just said you kind of want to stay away from the teams that are not doing much and have no bowl future, the Cavaliers look like they want to play for Tony Elliott. And remember, last year this game never happened because they had the unfortunate uh, tragedy on campus. So this was one of the two games that got canceled. And so there's going to be a little bit of extra emotion in this one. I love the Anthony Calandria kid at quarterback. He's got a great arm. He's got great mobility. I think he's going to get at least one or two touchdowns for the Cavaliers in this one. And getting Virginia Tech to play at their best every week is just is just really tough because at their best, they're a pretty good football team. But at their worst, they are not very good. So I expect a highly motivated Virginia team here. I'd try and find a three. If the, I don't think there's any threes left out there. So maybe depending upon your sports book, try and buy the half a point if the juice is reasonable. But I think Virginia wins this game outright. I like the Cavaliers in this one. Very good. Got a process here that I want to ask you about, get your opinion on. Uh, when it comes to Texas A&M and LSU, Tigers 11.5 point favorites at home with a total of 66.5. What we saw LSU do last week with Jaden Daniels was keep them out there against inferior competition to where they were able to cover a rather large spread. And safe to say they're doing it so that Daniels has the best opportunity possible to win the Heisman Trophy. I wonder, given Texas A&M's defense being okay, but not spectacular, if LSU tries, say, a similar process where maybe it's not running up the score, but definitely they would have no problem throwing a few more bombs than they otherwise would, and maybe they cover the 11 and a half. So in this situation, I'd actually just take all the spread and total stuff out and just take the team total. Um, I think in college football, more than any other sport, you can take advantage of the team total market. And that way you don't have to even worry about the other side of things. You just basically say, all right, Jaden Daniels, get me five or six touchdowns, get me that number, and I don't even have to worry about the rest of it. So I would potentially look at the LSU team total over, maybe even look at some props involving Jaden Daniels, because, yes, that's clearly what they're doing. And, and he should be going to New York, what, depending upon what he does in this game. That'll probably decide whether or not he wins the Heisman. But take all that other stuff out of it. Just take the LSU team total total over and root for him to get all his numbers. Matt, uh, Oregon, Oregon State game, maybe a little bit uh, similar to kind of what you're talking about with LSU here. Oregon obviously needs a win. They can't afford a loss here if they want. I mean, their chances of getting in the college football playoffs still probably a little slim with that one loss. That is if Washington can beat Washington State. Uh, But laying 14 for the Ducks, I have to imagine that they are going to want to pile on the points and win this game by a massive blowout just to help their case if they are in that conversation for the top four teams. Is that kind of how you see this one going? Because you, you, you know that Oregon wants to win. It's obviously a rivalry game. They obviously do not like Oregon State. And, and, and normally I'd be like, look, Oregon State's going to come in let down after the loss to Washington. Um, the other thing that's kind of interesting is obviously Jonathan Smith's name is being mentioned to Michigan State. We're starting to see the rumors this past week that he's the number one candidate for the Spartans, and maybe they've interviewed him. Maybe they haven't interviewed him yet. And you know, once you start getting into the realm of distracted head coaches, that kind of trickles down a little bit to distracted teams. We saw what happened to Liberty last year with Hugh 
Freeze, when there were the rumors came out that Hugh Freeze was starting to interview other places, they went downhill quick. Um, obviously, it's a rivalry game, and obviously Oregon needs to pile on the points. But here's the thing. Like, it would be really nice to get a win here. But the win over Washington, by margin and by a lot larger margin, would be huge for them more because they think more eyeballs will be watching that game next week. Um, I think they're going to win. I-, I think, once again, you could look at potentially an Oregon team total over at home. They are just such a good team. They score so many points at home. And as you said, if they're going to need to win by margin, why not just take the team total and say, all right, you know, score me 45, 50 points, and then I win my bet that way as an smu fan i can tell you all about coaches getting distracted and looking at other programs around this time of year <laughs> sunny dykes uh so yes uh definitely i think the process is sound there and we're also seeing that uh between utsa and tulane uh it is possible that texas a&m may be doing some courting in a game like this tulane three and a half point favorites uh is this a time to back the green wave despite the fact that really i've been covering a whole lot of spreads lately yeah, they're kind of playing with fire. And it's so funny because I was getting into it with Tulane fans on Twitter because I said JMU was the best group of five team in the country, and they all got offended. And I said, well, don't beat Tulsa by, what, three points? I mean, Tulsa's one of the worst teams in the country, and you barely beat them uh, two points, excuse me. The three-point game was the three-point game they won at East Carolina, who's also hideous. So I still stand behind the fact that JMU's better than Tulane, but you're asking about this game. I like UTSA. Look, I was really high on UTSA before the season began, and we get this kind of false start to their season they start out one and three and I think a lot of it was because the quarterback was hurt I mean obviously when they didn't have Frank Harris they were a completely different team you know look you play at Tennessee you're going to lose that game the the Houston game that was a tough loss there's a lot of reasons to like this Roadrunners team their offense is very good their defense is improving I think UTSA is, is is the side here in this one you also have a play in Jacksonville State in New Mexico what are you looking at that uh in that one so Jacksonville State's been a team that's been very good to me the last couple of weeks and this season. I had the over four and a half wins for their win total. And, I mean, obviously they, they went over that the first couple of weeks of the season um, because Rich Rodriguez is such a good coach. Now, because the NCAA is terrible and they, and they you know, took away the opportunity for JMU, they also took away the uh, opportunity for Jacksonville State. And I think they win this game outright. New Mexico State coming off the win over Auburn on the road, and they got the short week getting ready for Liberty in the Conference USA title game. I think there's no shot that New Mexico State is focused for this one. I like Jacksonville State on the money line. Obviously, I did not get a good number in this one because uh, they were they were underdogs and now they're favorites. I think Jacksonville State wins. Give me the money line here. I, I like the Gamecocks to take care of business. How about we talk about the Iron Bowl between Alabama and Auburn? Uh, how devastating, I suppose, uh, that's the right word, uh, Auburn's loss to New Mexico State was in terms of trying to handicap this game. Alabama, of course, uh, trying to get into the college football playoff. They absolutely have to win this game. Uh, what are you seeing in this one? I think, uh, look, obviously Alabama, you know, it's funny. Alabama and Georgia are both in the same situation here. They both have rivalry games. They're both on the road. They both should win. It's how much they want to win by margin. And so that's what you're kind of looking at here. I think you're going to get a really good effort from Auburn in the first half. I think after last week, they have to be so embarrassed to not only play the way they did, but to lose outright at home to New Mexico State. So I think you get a really good effort from Auburn in the first half here. And then once it's close to the first half, you hit Alabama in the second half because I think the talent eventually wins out. But I think we get a really focused effort from the Tigers in the first half, and then we look at Alabama in the second half of this one. Florida playing uh, Florida State 
this weekend. And Florida State, obviously, without Jordan Travis, they are undefeated on the season. How, how do you see their future playing out in terms of if they win this game, either by margin or just barely squeak by, does that matter in terms of if they do get into the college football playoff as an undefeated ACC team, even without Jordan Travis? You know, it's funny because I think they should be graded on the on the season as a whole. It's it's frustrating because I've seen some people say they should not be included in the playoff because of the Jordan Travis injury. But if you look at Florida State, their defense is really good. Their ground game's really good. They've got two or three NFL wide receivers. So look, Jordan Travis is the heartbeat of that team, and that's something you can't have for the rest of the season. But I think it's kind of shortchanging this Florida State team if you think he's the only reason why they're undefeated. So I think Florida State gives a motivated effort here. Obviously, Graham Mertz being injured, that doesn't help very much for Florida here. And in this situation, usually you'd look at Florida, but I feel like they're the type of team that loses this game constantly. Like they just, they haven't been what Florida was as old. I think Florida State comes out with a chip on their shoulder, and I think they take care of business in this one. Nicely done, Matt Josephs, a.k.a. Mid-Major Matt. Make sure to follow him on X with that handle. Thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. This is Becky Bell Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, our plays for Rivalry Week of College Football. That's right here on the Becky Bell Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Bross and Kate Constable here with you. It is time now for our plays on the college football slate. It is rivalry week, uh, which might be my favorite week of the season. Uh, certainly my friends love this week uh, about as much as any week of the slate. I think it's one of those things where college football is all about the home stadium right? Like you play conference championship games. Sometimes they get a little watered down and bureaucratic. Certainly the bowl games are that way, but to have that last weekend at a home stadium against bitter rivals, it's really hard to beat. Oh my gosh. And as a fan, it's just fun to sit on the couch and watch all those games too. Like whether Mm -hmm. or not you're at the stadium, this is like just a fantastic week of football where for the most part you're getting everyone's best. Now there are some teams that are, you know, out of bowl eligibility completely. And like uh, mid major Matt, we just talked about with him gauging motivation in this spot. That's a big thing in handicapping in this week, the teams that are maybe one win away from being bowl eligible or are completely out. I mean, we could even see some players, sit the last week of the, of the season if they have nothing to play for. Um, but for the big, the big time games, the Michigan and Ohio States that we're going to talk about in just a second, like those are the games that you kind of uh, live for in this week. Well, let's jump right on into that one. We've got Michigan as three and a half point favorites. It is a little juice at minus 115 in Ohio State's direction. Total is 46 and a half. How are you playing it? 
I'm going with the Buckeyes this weekend. Um, you asked me earlier in the season, you know, week five or six, I would have told you all day I'll be betting Michigan in this one. But I I feel kind of like the, the, the flip, the, the script has flipped. Say that 10 times fast. Um, in terms of there's not. more momentum on Ohio State's side right now, especially with Jim Harbaugh not being on the sidelines in this one. Because if you look mm -hmm. at how J.J. McCarthy has performed with and without Harbaugh on the sidelines, there's a pretty drastic difference. Six games with Harbaugh this season, McCarthy's averaging 240 yards, 11 touchdowns, no interceptions. You take Harbaugh off the sidelines, five games without him, 180 yards, seven touchdowns, four interceptions. So turning the ball over a whole lot more without, without Harbaugh. And you can't do that in a game like this uh, against Ohio State when the margin for error is so slim. And part of what mm -hmm. I really like about Ohio State right now is Kyle McCord is not the same caliber quarterback that we've seen the Buckeyes have in the past. I, not the same caliber as CJ Stroud last year. But what Ohio State has done really well is its defense has stepped up throughout the early parts of the season when the offense was kind of struggling a little bit and McCord was having to uh, work through some things and kind of just get into the rhythm of this offense. So the offense has taken a longer um, time to kind of catch up, but their defense has allowed them to do that. And now over the past couple of weeks, McCord's been playing fantastic and he's kind of hitting his stride right at the right time heading into this game. So a little momentum for Ohio State, some issues and bumps in the road for Michigan State. Barely got past uh, Maryland last week. That was a little bit of a sweat. And not having your head coach mm -hmm. and all those distractions, that has to come to fruition at some point. Uh, not going to say the Buckeyes for sure win this game outright, but I really like them getting the points, especially getting that hook. I agree with you here. I think the hook is key and why I will back Ohio State here. And I think there are two things to think about. Now, if you look at, say, offensive numbers, defensive numbers, Michigan has performed better. I, I think that's safe to say. I, I think in most spots, it's safe to say that Michigan does have the advantage. Not a big one, not a major one, but just enough where you go, okay, the three and a half is probably sharp. But there are two reasons why I would back the Buckeyes here. And you mentioned one really well, and that involves Jim Harbaugh. Not just that he is, you know, having a certain connection with J.J. McCarthy, but I think also, too, that if things go sideways, do you have that extra set of eyeballs to figure out why it's going sideways and how things can be remedied? Without that, I think that is significant. I do believe that head coaches uh, can make a significant impact as far as the point spread. And I think part of the problem with Michigan over these last few weeks, it's just been really hard to quantify what Jim, Har Jim Harbaugh actually means. So in that respect, I go, okay, it, he probably means a little bit more than just, you know, this slight tweak that we've seen of, you know, maybe see two points from the look ad, something like that. Probably a little more than that. So that would be my first thing. The second thing and uh, Joel Glatt, who will be uh, calling the game uh, for Fox, I think also brought up a really good point in terms of his analysis, and it's this. Michigan against Penn State. What did Michigan do? They ran the ball a lot. Now, on the one hand, you might say, oh, wow, that's really, really impressive that they can run the football and still win the game and be effective offensively that way. On the other hand, you could also make the case to say, well, maybe they ran the ball a lot because they had to. They had no other choice. They did not trust pass protection. And to me, Michigan has done a very good job masking key weaknesses, masking key weaknesses. 
So if they're able to do that against lighter competition, are they able to do that against a really good Ohio State defense, which I believe the numbers say uh, in terms of total EPA is a top 20 unit. I think this is a different challenge. I think this is a much tougher challenge for Michigan in that respect. This offensive line will have its hands full. And for that reason, I think Ohio State does have a good chance of winning this game outright. But definitely at plus three and a half, I think that's the side. Uh, Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. I listened to that same interview, and that was very interesting because after that Penn State game, uh, I thought J.J. McCarthy threw it seven seven of eight on the game, didn't attempt to pass Mm -hmm. in the second half against Penn State. Like, what's happening here? It's because he they didn't trust that protection. It's because they have someone had to fill in uh, on the left or right. They had to move some stuff around uh, on that offensive line, and that has kind of caused the passing game to stall a little bit and have to rely more heavily on the run game. And sure, maybe you can get away with that against a team like Penn State or Maryland or something like that. But you're right, Ed, you're not getting away with that against an Ohio State and the pass rush that they have coming and and then the run, you know, stopping abilities that they have. So Michigan, I think, is in for a little bit of trouble this weekend. Plus, is Ryan Day coaching for his job pretty much? Mm-hmm. Like, you can't lose to Michigan three times in a row. Nope, he, sure can. I didn't realize this. Also, he's 40-0 against all other Big Ten schools. He's not lost to a Big Ten school outside of Michigan. So you lose to Michigan mm-hmm. three times in a row. There were rumblings last year when they lost. I don't personally think the guy should lose his job over that. He's done a pretty good job at Ohio State so far. But you have to believe Buckeye fans, boosters, donors, all of that could be calling for him if they don't win this game. So adds a little bit more pressure to the Buckeyes here. It would be a weird coaching change if for no other reason right. that do we think Jim Harbaugh is going to be there next year? And if he's not, right. then Michigan might be in a slightly more vulnerable spot. Don't you just stick with your consistency and mm-hmm. let Michigan be the one fall back, falling back down to reality instead of you following suit in case you don't make the right hire? Right. And I, I have a hard time believing Harbaugh is going to be back at Michigan next season regardless of the outcome of this game I think he's jumping ship he's going back to the NFL too much going on this season he's gotten caught Mm -hmm. with all his stuff I think that uh he's done a great job at Michigan turned things around finally beat Ohio State but I he's he's done at the college ranks right you have to believe that there is kind of an obvious ceiling so to speak in terms of what you're going to get out of them and I I think they probably reached it uh, out there at Ann Arbor uh and plus he's going to coach the Bears right like we know this like he's going to be the Bears head coach right so you will see him out your window Uh, hey I welcome Jim Harbaugh to come coach the Bears because he would be far and away better than Matt Eberflus (laughs) and what we have right now so Come on over, Jim. We'll have you over for uh, dinner or something prior to a matchup. I'm not a very good cook, but we can figure something out. You can make pancakes, Kate. Come on. Oh, I can. I can make some you mean pancakes. You can make pancakes, a mean sure. stack. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. I still haven't had pancakes. <laughs> not that I'm bitter or anything, but just, just saying here. Uh, 30 minutes <laughs> before kickoff, we still have a total of 24 and a half between Iowa and Nebraska. Anything else about this game? I mean, I know you're taking the under here, but uh, because you love the punters, but anything else standing out as far as how we- 
Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. We should play it. Yeah, I mean, the under, just because that's hit a lot lately, like, yes, it's kind of the fun Mm -hmm. play, whatever. I was only allowed two touchdowns in their last five games. Otherwise, it's all been field goals. So you could, I don't know if there are even any props out there for Nebraska's uh, field goal attempts or, or made field goals, their kicker props, anything like that. Um, interesting that Nebraska is the favorite here, partially because Iowa's already locked up the Big Ten West. They're headed to the, the championship game um, in a couple of weeks, regardless of what happens in this game. Nebraska's also sitting at five wins. Six wins obviously gets them into a bowl game, some more motivation there. So I think this line is right. I would not be shocked at all if Iowa loses this game and Nebraska covers this number. Um, but Iowa also lost this game last season against Nebraska. So do you really want to lose to your rivals mm-hmm. a couple of years in a row? Probably not. So that's why I'm looking just towards the total in this one, and I'm not touching anything on this side. But there is kind of a motivation versus lack of motivation angle going on in this one. That would make a whole lot of sense. And uh, you don't want to put too much on film knowing full well that you mm-hmm. win the Big Ten championship against a, a rather vaunted opponent then that would mean a lot for the program. So definitely, like, probably keep things close to the vest, be conservative, not show off anything. Definitely, that would make a whole lot of sense in terms of overall approach. Uh, I don't have a play on that game, but I do have one for TCU Oklahoma. Is it possible that the national runner-up team fails to make a bowl the following year? Could that possibly happen to the Horned Frogs? Oh, you better believe it will. Uh, I'm laying the points with Oklahoma here, uh, setting at 10 right now, uh, and I'm just fine with that. Dylan Gabriel has been outstanding against weaker defenses, and TCU does have a weaker defense. The difference between last year and this year for TCU is they were able to win those shootouts going back and forth. They can't do that now. The offense has fallen back down to reality. 
I don't know if they've just given up or they've quit, but there may be something going on at TCU where you have some real questions about just the overall motivation uh, to where either you're going to get a brand new overhauled roster next year or what. I don't know, but something amiss is going on in Fort Worth. And so I think Oklahoma should be able to win that game uh, and probably do it comfortably. Uh, Let's go choose your own adventure here. What else stands out uh, on the slate for this weekend for you, Kate? I really like this Oregon game and this Oregon team. Um, A win today gets them into the Pac-12 championship where they'll likely face Washington again. Uh, So talking to mid-major Matt, I mean, he mentions just take Oregon's team total over. I really like that look. That's at 37 and a half. Ducks have been putting up a ton of points lately. Uh, I would parlay that maybe with LSU's team total over. We talked about that Mm. one as well. They're going to want to run up the score, get some uh, heavy stats for Jaden Daniels. And that that number's up for LSU, 38 and a half. So two very high team totals, but also two teams that are going to want to make a statement in this game. So to, to Matt's point, rather than taking them to cover, just take the team, two team totals. You parlay that, get like what, two plus uh, 265, something like that. I think that's some pretty yeah. good value for what should be very high scoring games all around. So those are two totals that I'm looking at. Yeah, the LSU team total uh, that mid-major Matt talked about, love that play. Definitely mm-hmm. will be tailing that idea. The one I would disagree with, though, that he brought up, it's the Tulane UTSA game. I think I'm going to lay the points with a green wave. Uh, I know they've had trouble blowing out opponents and covering sizable spreads pretty much all season long, but how much of that was uh, quarterback Michael Pratt's health? I think that is a big question mark. Uh, how much of it is just, okay, we know what this vanilla defense we're going up against looks like, et cetera, et cetera. So eventually, you know, we should be able to win this game. Part of it too is they, they've let other teams back in. And so defensively, Tulane uh, may have some question marks. But this whole idea of a head coach and potentially a trickle-down effect to the players being distracted uh, when, say, a head coach is being courted for other jobs and opportunities, I do think there is something to that. And so in that respect, coupled with this idea that Tulane is at home, you know, it's it's not the greatest of home field advantages for the Green Wave, but I do think it means something here. Uh, I, I add up all those intangibles and I go, you know what? Tulane is still a very good football team regardless of whether they're covering spreads or not, part of that is just overwhelming expectations. So I think Tulane can can cover this here and then make it to the American championship game, probably against my SMU Mustangs. And then things will get really interesting between me and my Louisiana family and friends next week. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree that there is something to be said for coaches that are being courted to other teams. It kind of just sends a message to your team that, you've kind of checked out on the year. And if the head coach is checking out on the Mm -hmm. season, they're likely going to do the same. So I agree with you there on Tulane. Um, I guess the other game that I'm going to be keeping a very close eye on is this Florida, Florida state game. I'm not positive that I agree that Florida state should get into the college football playoff, even if they are undefeated on the season without Jordan Travis, because where would they be without Travis this season? I don't think they'd be sitting in this spot. Does the committee want to put a team in like that, that, you know, maybe they get to the playoffs and just fall apart. That's not what they want Mm -hmm. on television. So that's what, if Florida state wins this one convincingly and blows out the Gators, then I think they make a case. Um, But I'm going to have my eye on, on this one. Not sure I'm going to lay any points with the Seminoles though. Yeah. No play for me in that one. The tricky part though is okay. Backup quarterback. How good is he? 
They, mm-hmm. Yeah, Jordan Travis is fantastic, no doubt about it. But is it possible that the backup quarterback could also be really good? Maybe they wouldn't be undefeated, but they'd still be more than competent enough uh, to win a ton of football games. If part of the reason why Florida State is there is because of the defense as well. So resume does have to matter at the end of the day. So it, it's it's a tricky exercise, to say the least. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next are lightning bets for the weekend. That's right here on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Kate Constable here with you. And there's one NFL game that I wanted to ask the group about that we have not gotten to yet. And that is the Ravens and the Chargers. Baltimore three and a half point favorites on the road with a total of 48. We've got Mario Heron here, uh, who's filling in for Paul on this Black Friday. So Mario, how about we start with you? Uh, what do you think about this game uh, how much do you hate Brandon Staley right now? Because I know you do a Chargers podcast. And uh, what do you think of this Chargers defense? Because uh, certainly if they can contain anybody, it's going to be Lamar. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. And, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for a lot of things in this world. You know, I, there's a long list, love the family and everything. Well, I'm not thankful for Brandon Staley. Hard, hard to say that. Not really <laughs> thankful for that big guy. But, um, yeah, Chargers, they're three-and-a-half-point underdogs. It's not looking good for the Chargers at all right now. And the one thing Staley's been hanging his hat on has been the rush defense, right? Like, no matter what happens this year, the rushing defense has been good, guys. They're going to get tested. They're going to get tested by that today, I mean, Sunday. And against the Ravens, I think they're just going to get anything they want. I think the only good thing in this game is I think Herbert's going to be Superman again, like he's been the last two games for them. And you can get his rushing yards. Uh, his overrun is at 13 and a half. He's gone over 13 in his last three games. I think Ravens will tune up the pressure on him. And as soon as he sees that Keenan Allen has about every single defender on him downfield, he's going to go for the run because that's the only way they're going to be able to get first downs. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a tough game, brutal game. I do think they cover, though. I think Herbert's good enough that mm. they cover. Um, but, yeah, it's – and Los Angeles, if you're a Chargers fan, which I know there's not many of, one, make sure you subscribe to the freaking podcast, my man. And two, uh, doomsday, it's not looking good right now uh, for the Chargers. And just wait until next year because maybe we get a good – maybe we get Ben Johnson. Look on the bright side. One so, of the Chargers fire Brandon Staley. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, hopefully the, as soon as the season ends because I don't think they're going to get their playoffs. And, uh, you know, old Bill, I, I don't know if I really want old Bill uh, running the things in uh, Los Angeles and there goes the AirPod. But I don't think it will be – he'd be better than Brandon, but – Gosh, I don't know. Bill in Los Angeles, too, doesn't really match. I mean, that hoodie in L.A., that dude, that would not doesn't look work. good. Buddy would not look good. Yeah, that doesn't work. But you look good in light blue. It's something yeah. tells me he has a good skin for it. <laughs> okay, that, that's fair. Uh, Kate, what, any plays on that game for you? Um, I would lean towards the Ravens covering just because I don't trust the uh, the Chargers whatsoever. But that is a cross-country trip for the Ravens. I don't love those spots for teams. Likely just going to stay off of this one, but if you force me to play anything, I would have to lay the points with Baltimore. Just 
the Chargers are just so volatile that I like, another team you just can't trust. I think I might take the Chargers one last time, oh, and it on. might be the last time I do all season long, uh, just because when they have blitzed, they've actually been getting home or at least generating pressure. And that's how you contain Lamar Jackson is sort of, you know, starting up front. And I think the Chargers are at least able to do that. And look, without Mark Andrews, this is a big step back for this Ravens offense. I mean, they're going to be going to wide receivers a bit more. I'm sure Isaiah likely will have some role, but it's probably going to be inconsistent from one week to the next. You know, it's going to be very hard backing his props because I think it's going to be unpredictable uh, what's expected of him. But definitely this is something where now Lamar Jackson has to go to less reliable targets. And even though this uh, pass defense leaves something to be desired for the Chargers, I still feel like that overall competence for the Ravens, I think the onus is on them to prove to us that they can do more than enough without, say, the second best tight end in the NFL. So in that respect, not to mention the fact the Chargers are always playing one possession game, so why not go with the dog here? They might win it outright, they might not, but with the hook, I, I think the Chargers are a safe play here. Can't complain with you totally with them playing close games. They just always seem to find a way to lose, Mario. Uh, Mario's shaking his hands. <laughs> They're still losing that... those close games. <laughs> you know, they do, but it's a good heartbreak, you know? Like, they really get you on the hook. <laughs> they make you fall in love with them, and mm -hmm. then they break your heart right in the end. I mean, it's perfect. It's like, I don't know, it's like your prom it's date. Like you know, they say yes, you're having a good time, and then you get heartbroken in the night. That just happened yeah, to double right? D, though. Yeah. 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 Oh, David. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so many, double it's Thanksgiving blast. week, guys. Where's the, where's the love and affection <laughs> that we're supposed to have for uh, everyone on the network? Instead, we're uh, it's fisticuffs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. No, no. Oh, he boy. doesn't get away there... with that. <laughs> Ask him who's well, won uh, parlay via parlay the last two weeks he's been gone. Oh, oh Mario, you, you're letting the you're letting the production squad down. I well, I've been gone, so two weeks they've hit it, and so it, some are saying that with me gone, that's when the team's getting hot. So I'm like, uh, it's like the Sixers when they lost Harden. So I might be James Harden. I might be the problem. Yeah. Okay. That could similar to that. He, I'm not sure I would compare myself to James Harden going forward. He's not pick a new <laughs> pick a new guy, Mario. Harden is not someone you want to compare yourself to. Well, you know what? Mario does draw fouls at a very high rate. So I think that is a good comp there. You know, not the worst thing in the world. He's a good regular season player. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Okay, lightning best time. Let's do it. Okay, so the Steelers overhaul the coaching staff when it comes to the offense. And I'm sure the natural conclusion is, all right, well, Jalen Warren is going to get more touches because he's been the more efficient back. Nah, ah, 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 ah. that's not how this is going to work. They're going to use Jalen Warren more as a pass-catching running back. That is going to me to be the added dimension here. So give me Warren over two and a half receptions at minus 130. That's how the Steelers are going to look different. Also, when it comes to the Titans, I mentioned that against Carolina, they can do just about whatever they want. If one thing is taken away from them, they can go in the other direction. And, of course, that will include Will Levis chucking it deep. And he will do it with DeAndre Hopkins on the receiving end. So give me D-Hop over 21 and a half yards as his longest gain at minus 115. 
Uh, Kate is absolutely flabbergasted that I'm going to back the Giants and Tommy DeVito at plus three and a half. But how in the world can we expect the Patriots to score any points anymore? So there's that. Three and a half is just too big. And then finally, Rams Cardinals over 44 and a half. Long live Kyler Murray. Long live the Rams receivers. Kate? Yeah, I am flabbergasted with that Giants. But hey, um, to each their own. I'm going to let you sweat that one out, Ed. You do you, uh, boo. I will not I will not be joining you on that. What I am going to sweat out, starting in just a couple minutes, the under in Iowa and Nebraska, 25 and a half, taking the under there. I also like Ohio State, plus three and a half tomorrow against Michigan. Doing a little two-team team total parlay. Oregon's team total over 37 and a half. And LSU's team total over 38 and a half. And then I'm also going to take the over in the Texans and Jaguars game on Sunday over 47 and a half. I think both of those passing games continue to um, kind of shine for both of those teams. And we see a little bit of a shootout in this game. So over in Jags and Texans. And that is all uh, I have for my official plays this weekend. Mario, what do you got for us? Yeah, so like I mentioned, I liked Herbert over 13 half uh, rushing yards. 73 yards versus Packers, 15 against the Lions, 17 versus the Jets. I think Ravens going to put a little bit of pressure on him. And as soon as no one's open downfield at KK and Allen, uh, I think he's going to go and run and get some yardage. I also think if you watch the past couple of games with the Chargers, I mean, Herbert's always done this, but especially in these last two games, like the windows he's thrown in are just insanely tight windows. There was a viral video that maybe people saw that went around Twitter a couple of days ago of, I think there's three defenders to the Packers that he just literally zipped the ball to. And it was so fast. Keenan Allen didn't even see it coming. With those throws, I love it because it's obviously cool to see. And it's good that quarterback's making these risks. But I think he's going to throw an interception too at one point. Ravens have 10 interceptions on the year. Throwing interceptions plus money, plus 115. Um, I'm going to close my eyes and bet that. And I'm like, I didn't do it. But I do like to try. I do think they cover though. I do think they cover. So don't you know, hit me too much. Also, I'm going to this game tonight. And in Indiana... We don't do a lot of things well, all right? We believe that Indiana Hoosiers are going to be back. Well, we always believe the Notre Dame football is going to be back. Never works. And they never end up doing well. But what they do, what the Sirs do do well and Indiana loves is that they hit the over. 13-1 against the over. 243.5. I'll dance. I'll dance with it all day long. I know Halliburton's questionable right now. Uh, even if he plays or not, this defense, I mean, it's everyone gets into the paint. Everyone's able to shoot a three. Everyone's hitting a three. It's it's Oprah doing that. You get a three. You get a three. You get a point. You get a point. And it's it's very fun basketball to watch. I'll, I'll take their over to 43 and a half. Also, like Steelers this weekend uh, to cover against the Bengals with the backup QB. I think Tomlin gets the boys up and going in that one. And I'm with you guys on the under and Dolphins Jets. And similar to you guys, I will bet this under and then I'll probably not watch it because I have a lot of better things to do today than do that. Like what, Mario? What do you have that's better? Okay, so uh, niece for uh, first birthday. Coming up, you know, okay. I'm going to get her something nice little present. Maybe go surprise happy her. Bring her some toys. Yes. yes. Happy that's birthday. Good, Shout out Ava. Good, um, yeah. Excuse. Yeah. 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 She's pretty cute, you know. So I don't have to change her diaper, so I love her. And uh, yeah, she <laughs> get her some presents. And then I'm uh, probably going to go with my nephew as well. Wow. Very nice. Big day for Uncle Mario. Yeah. Hey, Uncle of the Year. That's what we're going for. Are, are you the crazy <laughs> uncle? officially like have you gotten that moniker yes yeah like really really big time yeah yeah big time i'm the only one they wrestle with uh like they i'm the only one that they hit uh, i'm always the one that's like at the kids table playing with them yeah i am full uh-huh. full on 
Yeah, I got a note. I picked him up from school the other day, and I like yelled when I got out of the door because she was like, "I was excited." And my kid and the, my nephew was excited, and uh, the teacher sent a note to my sister-in-law, going, "Let's." He was really loud, so like, well, let's not send the uncle back. So I was like, "All right, shout out nice. to him. Yeah. You got written and up you by graduated? your nieces and nephews' teacher. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I was like, "No, you can't have fun in first grade anymore." Who'd have thought? Yeah, That's right. Awesome. Of course. Have you guys graduated from the kids' table yet? No. No. I typically choose to be at the kids' table. Yesterday there were no okay. kids, but um, when I'm with my immediate family, I'm I'm usually at the kids' table, which I love. Yeah, it's way more fun. Like the, way more fun. More things to talk about, more activities, all sorts of stuff. Like that's yeah. the way to do it, I think. Yeah. For sure. Long yeah. live the kids' table. Thanks for watching and listening to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. For those listening, next up is Jim Rome. For those watching on Twitch and YouTube, stay tuned for the Daily Tip. Have a great weekend, everybody.